Stand by to the floor in five, four, three, two, one. Coming to you live from the rich heartland of Altamont Springs, Florida, it's The Vic Show with Victor Bowers, brought to you by Super Channel WACX-TV. Take it away! Greetings! Hello! Hello! Greetings, Vic Show! Welcome to the Vic Show! And Bubbles! And our conductor's baton! It's Lawrence Welk! Oh my heavens! Lawrence Welk never had inflatable tube men, though. Uh, welcome to the Vic Show. Fun and hilarity. Come on, get your act together. This one had too much joy juice. Oh well. Okay. Can't hear me when those things are on. They're a lot of fun though. Welcome to the Vic Show. Oh, those. Ah, uh, I love it. But I know it's corny and cheesy. But you know what? It's the best thing in my morning so far, these bubbles. I'm going to stand right in front of them. Mm, I'm going to bask in the glow of bubbles falling out of a machine underneath a drop ceiling. I love it. It's as close to heaven as we're getting right this moment. Except when you pray. Yes. Mm, That's quite a nifty segue, don't you think? But in Luke, you know, uh, the uh, I just have, I'm just, I'm going to jump right in. Because time's mm-hmm. a wasting. And my AC went out last night. And so they're getting a much more raw version of Victor right now. I woke up I woke up and it was 78 degrees in my house. Stifling. It's that time of the year when the humidity is still fighting with the cold air trying to push in. So the it's foggy in the morning and it's damp in your house. Oh, it's like a bubble bath on the floor. Yes, it is. Oh my heavens. Okay. They're on fire today. But in the Gospel of Luke, this is just free. This is free of charge. This is not the lesson today. We're talking about just showing up. Today, we're going to continue part four. This is the longest, this is the longest series the Vic Show has ever done. This is a part four of this series, Just Show Up. Right. Thank you. And just so you know, if you're a regular viewer of the Vic Show, we're, um, we're developing and creating our own personality here. Because uh, we need more personality on the show. So we're going to start adding more. And one of the things we're going to do is when the title is announced for the next season or so, you'll, he'll, you'll hear a little bell. So when I say just show up, you'll hear that bell. And it may be irritating, but that's okay because it gets your attention. And it show also, enough. Show enough. And it also reinforces learning. It's what we do when we train our dog. <gasps> No, I'm just saying it works for humans too. It works, right? You'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. And um, now th- this won't work for cats, just so you. <laughs> but for dogs and and other, you know, that you train, you train with sounds, you train with food. We're easily trained by food, but I can't feed you on the show except the word of the Lord. As much as I try. So when I say just show up, the bell will ring, and you'll know that's the title of the show. And to remind you that you need to just show up. You just need to, whatever you need to do today, don't lay in bed, don't lay around, don't smoke weed and get high and be lazy and do nothing. 
No, I'm saying that's where a lot of people are at today because the world is it's difficult. And now marijuana, weed, whatever it's called, what do the youngsters call it? CBD or cookie dough? I don't know what it's called. Weed. Weed. Marijuana. The other M word. Um, what's a, what is the other N word? Whatever. Um, don't do it. It numbs, the, it numbs you, you know, and it doesn't fix the problem. So just show up. Even if you have to show up high, but don't drive there, but just show up. You know what I mean? Just life is still going to be hard whether you get high or not. So getting high just pushes it out further and usually creates more of a problem. Um, and I speak from experience. But God still delivers wherever you're at. So just show up. Just make a different, better decision. And um, put down the blunt. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I knew this much. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> I tried weed twice. I wanted to become, you know, whatever. But I have too much anxiety. It didn't work for me. So, thankfully. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I just went straight to crystal meth. But anyway, that's another conversation. <laughs> that's another conversation. Oh, look at everyone ignoring me in the control room. Ah, everyone's distracted. Okay. <laughs> I'm just showing up. <laughs> what was I going to say? We tell you, see, we talked about weed and crystal meth. What else do I need? <laughs> I'm just showing up. And, um, and uh, in the Gospel of Luke, this is just a freebie. You know, all the Luke, the Gospels uh, relay to us the account of the baptism of Jesus by John, which was a profound, it was a, it was a shifting, it was God's shifting focus from Old Testament prophets, to, from Old Testament prophecies, to what he was doing new and fresh. And what had been prophesied for thousands of years was now fully taking shape and walking to the edge of the Jordan to be baptized. And the name was Jesus. And so John the Baptist, who was the last of the prophets, all those prophets, all the prophetic line, which basically started in uh, the reign of David and Nathan, and then all the prophets after that, 500, 600 years had prophesied this would happen. And John the Baptist was the last prophet. And Jesus called him the greatest of all that ever lived because John the Baptist saw the fulfillment of the prophecy. He got to behold the enfleshment of all those words. And so Jesus comes to be baptized by John, signifying a changing of the guard, so to speak, and that God's plan for redemption was now, it was in sight. It was at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. That's what John preached. And Jesus picked up that very phrase and started his ministry. And so when Jesus came to be baptized, the account is mentioned in all four gospels. But in Luke, Luke throws a little phrase in there that's unique to Luke. And Luke was a Gentile uh, he was Greek. He was not, of the four Gospels that we have in our Bible, Luke was the only Gospel written by a Gentile. And so he had a unique perspective and experience of the Holy Spirit that the other three writers don't so much put into their writings. And so when Luke tells us about the baptism of Christ at the Jordan River uh, with John the Baptist, Luke inserts a little phrase that as Jesus was baptized, and was praying that as he came out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. 
Now that phrase, as he was praying, was just kind of inserted in there. Again, all the other gospels say he was baptized and as he came out of the water, the skies opened and uh, the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove. And then you hear a voice of the father saying, this is my beloved son and whom I well pleased. Luke inserts this little phrase, he was baptized and as he was praying, as he was praying and uh, coming out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended. What does that tell us? That tells us, Luke is telling us something that's unique to those in Christ, that when you pray, that is you entering into the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not like you're going to, this is not praying in the Holy Spirit, which Paul talks about, but it's not praying in tongues, even though that's a valid and, and way of praying. But the act of prayer, the act of turning our human mind outside of ourselves taking our mind, taking our thoughts, and going beyond our human experience, our carnal experience, and through the act of prayer, through the act of communication, through the act of intention of wanting to communicate with God, it is in the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you can pray to God is in the Holy Spirit. That's what Luke is telling us. As Jesus was praying, the Holy Spirit descended. That's Luke connecting the act of prayer, which is what we do, we're the only creatures who can pray. Our pets can't pray, nature can't pray, the world doesn't pray, the sun doesn't pray. Only humans pray. We're the only features of creation that God allowed to pray. And the reason is because we carry God's image. So when we pray, we are connecting our humanity with God. The images are connecting. God's image is connecting with the maker of the image, which is God. So you pray, and in the act of prayer, even if you don't feel it, even if you don't know you're doing it, and most people don't, they just pray because that's what they're told to do. And even people who aren't saved, when they're in a moment of great distress, you'll pray. Even if you're a hardcore atheist and you see your life is about to end, you'll probably start praying. It's just, that's the response of humanity, to reach beyond yourself to a higher power, if that's all you know. But we are in, those who are in Christ, those who follow Christ, we know there's God. When we pray, we're in Holy Spirit. We pray in the Holy Spirit to God. Luke tells us that. That's what Jesus was doing. When the Holy Spirit descended, he was praying. Luke is connecting the act of prayer and the, you know, like we're all in this room, the studio now. We don't think about the air. There's a control room. Oh, hello, control room, by the way. The Vic Show t-shirt on Rick and Angie. Oh, look, and Nathan over there. Yeah, in the shadows. Rente. Hello, everyone. Are y'all just showing up in there? Yeah, okay, there you go. Terry and Diane. And we're all in the presence of air right now. But we don't think about it. But in order to be a functioning human, you have to be in the presence of air. And so there's air in this room. There's oxygen in this room, but you don't see it. But if it were not in this room, you would miss it and you would, you would cease to exist. You would die if there was no oxygen in this room. But by, by living and showing up and being able to function in this very room, we are in air as we're doing what we're doing. We are in oxygen. We're in 
the, the environment, which sustains our life. We don't even think about it. But if, if, if the oxygen is not in this room, you will notice it immediately. And then, and then you'll faint. You'll cease to function. So when you pray, no matter who you are, when you start the act of prayer, even out of great distress or great need, know that God is listening in the Holy Spirit. So that's a lot, but just read it for yourself. It's in Luke, the early parts of the Gospel of Luke. Jesus was baptized and was praying, and the Holy Spirit is the next thing Luke writes about. Jesus was baptized, went under the water. He was fully immersed under the water because that's what baptism was. He comes up out of the water fully wet and is praying. And the Holy Spirit. Luke connects prayer and the Holy Spirit right there. So just think about that. Because I often struggle, prayer, is that is such a chore? What, what is prayer? How do you do it? You know, and it can become too much. But now it's easy. Because I know that when I pray... I'm entering, I'm entering into something huge, and it's God's delight for me to do that. He invites me in, in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that, isn't that cool? I mean, just think about that and um, let it minister to you. But, in, um, but enough of that. I got a beverage to get to. Hmm. Mmm, it's extra frothy today. Yeah. Look at Arente. <laughs> Look at Arente. With this key light. Arente got a key light. Hmm. The lighting director's on the ball around here, I gotta say. And hey, Rick, by the way, what does your shirt say, Rick? The Vic Show. Oh, very nice. Mm -hmm. Diane made that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, thank you, Diane. Are you wearing a Vic Show t-shirt? Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh, can you come up here and model it for us? There are some handsome people on your shirt. <laughs> Hello, Diane. Okay, yeah. we have... Um, we have Victor. Victor. <laughs> Wait, me? Me, the Diane. Rick. Rick. Does Rick have hair? Oh, that's no, no sunbeams. Yeah. Is that a, he wearing a flower in his hair? There's Nathan. Oh, there's Nathan. Nathan. Nathan's on the side, and then Terry. Terry. Angie. Angie. And and Orente. Orente. He looks like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> and she looks like um, Taylor Swift a little bit. Yeah, she does. Look at that. We all look so good on there. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Isn't it? Uh, don't I have a great crew? <laughs> they all show up. I love it. Okay. So, Nathan, what's in the machine? What did I text over to you about an hour ago? <laughs> Ah, scripture. This is where we find our life, in the scripture. Ah, yes, and there's the cue music right there to cue the scripture. Um, now, a little bit of background. Again, this series, Just Show Up, and um, it's about God calling us, calling all of us. In Christ, we're... Oh, look, my, my air conditioning guy is calling. What perfect timing. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, please take it. No, don't don't answer it. I mean, well, okay, just forget it. <laughs> don't. Have to. I don't. Okay. 
Okay, now the angel of the, let's get to the word. Okay, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. What in the world does that mean? Okay, here's a little bit of backstory. This comes from the book of Judges. The book of Judges is after the book of Joshua. And the book of Joshua tells us of how the children of Israel, which came from slavery, they were, hand, they were delivered by the mighty hand of God in a night, and they were, they were thrust into what would become the promised land. They wandered around for 40 years. They entered the promised land and through, with, um, at, the, at the end of Moses' ministry. Moses dies, and the book of Joshua begins um, with the death of Moses and the immediate introduction of Joshua as the new leader. And under Joshua's leadership and the leadership of the elders that he appointed, the children of Israel who went from slaves and were now the inhabitants of a vast promised land. And so several generations have passed and they have, they have now taken their homestead in the Lord's promise. The Lord has fulfilled what he promised. His promises come to pass. And the people of the children of Israel are now living in the land that God gave them. But it's not a complete success yet. There's still work to do. So the book of Judges comes along and tells us that they, the children of Israel, several generations have passed, and they forgot what God had done, which were, humans tend to forget. That's why we have every generation, we have to keep telling the story, keep telling the story, keep telling the story of what God has done and what God is doing. And to, you know, it's, we still have to, we have to fill this flesh up with the truth. So these people had forgotten. And so bad things begin to happen. They begin to turn away from God and begin to turn to idols. And when you turn to idols, your life gets royally messed up. It's not a good thing. And you end up in the gutter. You end up in the ditch. You end up bankrupt. You end up with disease. You end up with broken relationships. You end up with addiction. When you turn to idols, because idols can't do anything for you except take everything. Idols take. God gives. Idols take. Don't ever forget it. They had turned to idols because they wanted a quick thrill. And they wanted to be liked by all their friends and neighbors. Well, it didn't work out so well. It still doesn't, by the way. But God heard their cries of distress. And so the book of Judges tells us that God began to send random people into, they would be thrust to the, to the limelight. And there were 12 that are mentioned in the book of Judges, coincidentally, one from each tribe. There were 12 tribes of Israel. So the book of Judges tells us of 12 people that God used individually to bring a moment of deliverance to the children of Israel. And so Gideon is one of them, and he's stuck in the middle of the book. So what this is telling us is that at a certain day and time, um, the angel of the Lord shows up in the back of nowhere. Where's the back of nowhere? Well, he was sitting under a tree in Ophrah, which is a region, not Oprah Winfrey, but Ophrah, a region in northern Israel, and this region, this land, belonged to Joash, the Abizarite. Now, Abizarite was a clan from the tribe of Manasseh. Victor, what does that mean? Joseph. You all know, remember Joseph? You know, he was the great prime minister of Egypt at the end of the book of Genesis. Well, Joseph uh, was Egyptian. And so, but he was also Egyptian by occupation, but he was Jewish by birth and one of the 12 sons. So he had tribal lands coming to him. But he remained in Egypt. 
He remained in Egypt. And so he split, he gave his tribal inheritance to his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Manasseh was the least of these two sons, the youngest. So Manasseh is a little tribe, is basically a half tribe, because he split his tribal inheritance with his brother. So what the writer is telling us is that this guy, Joash, is a nobody. He's in the backside of this land. He's in a half tribe, you know, and he's just trying to make do. And then there's Gideon, his son, who's, who's less of a man. He's a nobody. And God loves nobodies, by the way. You'll find out God chooses a lot of nobodies in the Bible, and he's chosen you, and you're probably a nobody too. Mm-hmm. So you qualify mm-hmm. to be used by God. So while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press, you don't thresh wheat in a wine press. You thresh wheat on a threshing floor, which is an open space that's high on a hill, so that as you're threshing the wheat, the wind and the breeze can blow the shaft away. That's the way you thresh wheat. So you thresh wheat in an open, wide, exposed place where lots of wind, and it's a, it's a very visual, it's a very messy thing because wind's blowing. But why is he? A wine press is a cave. It's a ditch. It's hidden. And it, it, it gets small and dark because if you're, if you're creating wine from grapes, you, you step on the grapes and the grapes emit their juice, and then the juice pools together in a deep, small location. So why is he doing something that's meant for the outside? Why is he doing something in the inside? Because he's trying to hide. He's trying to hide. In order to hide from the Midianites. Who are the Midianites? The Midianites are bad people. They're bad folks. Okay, so let's carry on. Um, And the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, this nobody who was hiding out in the ditch, just trying to survive, and said to him, The Lord is with you. Mighty man of valor. Talk about oxymoron. Mighty man of valor? Who? Me? You got the wrong guy. Keep on going. And keep it quiet. I'm trying to hide. I'm trying to make some food so I can make make a little bit of money and support my family. Don't interrupt me. I'm busy. I'm busy trying to survive. But the Lord won't have it. The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. And what does Gideon do? Gideon said, he complained, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why all this nonsense has happened to us? Right. That's an, that's an expected response. And where are all these miracles which our fathers told us about? And they used to tell us these stories by the campfire. Don't you remember when the Lord brought us up from Egypt? Oh, why, the good old days. But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. What are you doing calling me a mighty man of valor? This is no time for that. I heard all the good, glorious stories, but those days have ended. We're not in the 1950s anymore. What happened? In the 50s, it used to be so wonderful. Leave it to Beaver and Mary Tyler Moore. Well, that was in the 60s. Leave it to Beaver and Father Knows Best. Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace. The good old days. What happened? What happened? Okay. The Midianites are all over the place. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Gideon, listen to me. Just show up. 
I'm telling you what to do. I'm trying to pour life into you. Gideon, I'm telling you the way God sees you. You don't get it yet, but it ain't going to change God because you can't change God. God sees you as a mighty man of valor. God sees what's going on. And God doesn't want to go back to those days anyway. You're right. You have a right to be bothered when you hear your parents and your grandparents talking about the good old days because they ain't so good anymore. And you weren't alive then, so they don't apply to you. The only thing that applies to you today is today, and today hurts. Today's painful. And the Midianites have come, and they have violated your property, and they've taken your goods, and they've stolen from you. And they're mighty. The, the Midianites were Bedouins. And they were fierce, and they would travel by the thousands, and they would just, they were like, they were like thousands of pirates. They would just walk all over the land, and they had their camels. The Bible says in this passage, they had so many camels, it was beyond the eye, meaning they would walk, and you would just see thousands of camels, and camels eat a lot of food. Camels need, they have a healthy diet. So the Midianites, when they would come towards you in this a region in Israel, if you didn't have an army to attack them, and they, his family did not, you had to hide out. As the Midianites just swarmed in like locusts and devoured the land. And when the land had been raped by their camels, they would move on to the next land and leave your land desert. That's what was happening. That's why Gideon was hiding out. Because if they saw Gideon trying to make wheat, they would raid it. The Midianites were bad people. But that doesn't bother the Lord. The Lord turned and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Get going, boy. Get going. I've given you... Just show up. Just show up. Okay, what's next? So Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Gideon was a knucklehead. How can I save Israel? Gideon, you can't. But God's going to empower you. But he needs for you to show up. He can't empower empty space. He can only empower you. So you got to show up. So it's not about you, but it's a good question to ask. Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And we all know Manasseh is a half tribe already. We're already weak. And we're the weakest in a weak tribe. And I'm the least in my father's house. I'm the weak of the weak of the weakest. Lord, I'm not your guy. Look at me. I just, listen, I'm just trying to make, to make some money and hide out from the Midianites. I just need to survive. Don't, I, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for great visions, God. I don't. God's like, haven't I sent you? I've already given you my word. I've come down to visit you. I've stooped to your level because I love stooping to your level because I want you. I don't have to have you. I don't need you, but I want you. And I'm sticking around. I'm like pancake syrup. I'm not going anywhere. And I know you're the least, and I know you're the least in your father's house, and I know your tribe is a half-tribe, and all that. I know all that. You're telling me stuff I know. I just need for you to show up. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. You will defeat the Midianites as if they were just one man, just like you. I don't expect you to defeat all of them. I expect you to defeat them as if they're one man. Because when I fight through you, Gideon, and when God fights through you, viewer, fan of the Vic Show, when God fights for you, when you show up, God will use you mightily. He knows, he knows your problems. He knows where you are. He knows your hangups. He knows your history. He's been there with you. 
but he's still calling you. Right on. He's calling you right. That's good preaching, Victor. He's calling you right now. Just show up. Just get out of bed. Just start the car. Just take a shower. Put on some clothes. If don't At least put on some clothes. Just show up with clothes on. But just show up. He wants to use you. He created you for a reason, and the reason has arrived. So just show up. And remember, with God, all things are possible, okay? Don't forget it. Listen, be sure.